And welcome, welcome, welcome. Radio TV on the Cool Groove side. This is the Comenius Institute sponsored show, Warp and Wolf Radio. My brother and friend, Dr. Mark Eckler, yes, in sir. the studio. How are you, sir? Doing really well, thank you. Doing really well. Have lots of great stories to tell today. Oh, well, you know, I love it when we go into place. And, yeah. Uh, with quotation marks around <laughs> it. That means there's a little bit more than just like that place around the corner. That's right. We're talking about specifically place. Uh, great guests coming in today. Uh, Rob and Joel Walsman, uh, Needhammer. Yeah, Needhammer. Yeah, Needhammer Company. Help a brother. Yeah, <laughs> Needhammer Company is very interesting. They've got their own coffee shop down there. Uh, right next to that, they've got a wine bar, and then above that, they've got uh, on the second story, they've got some office space uh, for rent, and then also a, a small place for weddings. And on the third floor, get this. This is the key. On the third floor, they've got this beautiful beautiful auditorium where Jim Streetelmeyer, our friend Jim Streetelmeyer, wants to do the Moth Radio Hour in Indianapolis. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping it's on Radio Next. That's, That's it. Yeah. That would be fabulous. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, as we do each and every week, we want to bring you that. But first of all, before we get into a little music and get the conversation going, Mark, uh, give a little bit about Comenius Institute yeah. and the great work you're doing. Comenius Institute is a connection for high school young people coming into public university. And my work is at IUPUI, and we have uh, lunch meetings and individual meetings throughout the week down at IUPUI, where I meet with students and they uh, generate some great questions. We have great discussions about the kinds of things that they're learning, and we think about those things from a Christian vantage point. Warp and Woof, of course, is the vertical horizontal threads that make fabric. Colossians 117, by him all things are held together or consist the fabric of life. That's what we're about. And so if you stay tuned, when we come back from this great musical interlude, you will understand what we're talking about on Weaving Wisdom and Knowledge on Warp and Wolf Radio. We'll be right back on the Cool Groove site at RadioNext.tv. <laughs> RadioNext.tv on the Cool Groove site. You're listening to Warp and Wolf Radio, Comenius Institute sponsored program. And without those sponsors, ladies and gentlemen, none of this could take place. And that leads us into today's, uh, I guess, opening, Mark. I yeah. mean, we've got a drive that, um, we're, that is taking place right now. And as a board member of Comenius Institute, um, we, we're, you know, we are really a high volume low neat necessity yeah. type of uh, organization where we're not asking for much and we don't do right. a lot of fundraisers and drives and things of that right. nature but uh, we do have to have resources to keep us moving so that's right uh, yeah just a little bit of a shout out to that we our uh, budget for this year is forty thousand dollars that's forty thousand that's pretty small for a nonprofit. To, and, save, um, to save lives? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we've got 35 of that 40. We're looking for the last five. And if there are folks out there listening to us today that can help us out with that, that would be wonderful. You know, it could be $100, could be $500, 1000 uh, Check us out at ComeniusInstitute.org. That's ComeniusInstitute.org, and you'll find the donate button there. Or you can shoot me uh, an email at Eckel, E-C-K-E-L, 1957, at Gmail. And I'll get right back to you with any kind of further information. Be happy to send you the patron letter, all those kinds of things uh, to help us out in this uh, last couple of months, just before uh, June 30th rolls around and we end our fiscal year. So that's uh, that's a little bit of a promo, HB. Hey, and uh, I think we need to do more of that, yeah. um, especially on this platform as we keep developing uh, socially conscious movements here at RadioNext.tv. We have everything from, you know, domestic violence and abuse to 
uh, sickle cell awareness to uh, Voices for Veterans, all these different programs, they require the resources necessary to really be an advocate in the community for what we're doing. So that's right. Uh, uh, we're going to use this platform in that manner. So if you have something that you are driving home mm -hmm. or have a concern about, let us know here at RadioNext.TV and we can get it in. And speaking of getting it in, yeah. uh, we're talking about place today. And you have quotations marked around <laughs> place, Dr. Mark Echo. Mm -hmm. So um, where does it come from in the Bible and why is it so important to the world that we're living in right now? Yeah, this idea of investment and place is huge. And uh, just to say again, I think I've mentioned this book on the broadcast in the past, uh, but actually when I reviewed this book a couple of years ago, um, I actually bought a box of books, 35 books, and I started handing them out to people because I think so much of this. This is Amy L. Sherman's book, Kingdom Calling. The subtitle is Vocational Stewardship for the Common Good. That's Kingdom Calling by Amy Sherman. Now, Amy Sherman is actually a research fellow here for the Sagamore Institute uh, here in Indianapolis, downtown Indianapolis. So this is somebody who actually works and lives in the city of Indianapolis and doing really great stuff. What's really phenomenal about uh, Amy's book is that she tells about 400 stories in this book about how people have invested in their place. Now, I'm talking about places all over the world. Uh, we're talking about every continent, uh, various countries, all kinds of different city locations, and quite honestly, it all begins with Christians and churches. And so I would highly recommend that you run, don't walk, run to buy a book, Kingdom Calling. Go down to Amazon, check it out. Or you can go to my website, warpandwoof.org, and you can read my overview of the whole book right there. Just uh, in the search line, uh, type in Kingdom Calling or Amy Sherman's name, and that stuff will pop up. But what Amy does and what we're talking about here in terms of investment in a place is that a catalyst for generational change really takes place within the life of the individual who's been transformed by Jesus, and then within the focal point of the local church, which then is going to be an accelerant, I'll emphasize that again, an accelerant for transformation. And just to give you an idea of this, and you know, we're, we were just talking about all the different folks that we have in and different, uh, different ideas that we take up in this particular platform, but we've got the, the Needhammer Company coming in today, Joel and Rob Walsman, who have done fantastic work in terms of investing block by block on the east side of Indianapolis, specifically in East Washington down there. Next week, we're going to be talking to a roundtable of church planters who are going to come in and talk about their work of planting churches in Indianapolis. Gene Dullen, one of my former students, a friend of mine, is coming in to talk about unity in the church the next week. The next week after that, we've got Andy Hunt, Pastor Andy Hunt, coming in, talking about the resurrection. I believe you know Tammy. The next week's Tammy's coming in on uh, the 19th. Oh, really? Yeah, she's uh, coming in on the 19th. We might have to get a substitute uh, show producer because, you know, I'll mess around and be looking real hard. That's and right, to go, man. To go on cue and everything. <laughs> and the week after that, we've got Rick uh, coming in. He's the CEO at Wheeler Mission. So we've got all different kinds of folks. My point here is people are investing in their place. They specifically are looking for catalytic change, accelerants needed for that, and that's what Amy uh, Sherman's book's all about. Yeah, and you know, every, everything that we do around Comenius is centered uh, through the book of Proverbs, basically, is what we're doing is trying to really incorporate principles of living. Um, so 
each and every week we ask how does Proverbs uh, uh, play a part in right. place yeah. and where does it come from in our Bible? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to give you just a shout out here to the one verse that Amy Sherman bases her whole book on, actually. It's Proverbs 11.10. Her whole book is based on Proverbs 11.10, and this is what it says there. When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices, but when the wicked perish... There are shouts of gladness. Let me read that again. When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there are shouts of gladness. So we're looking for folks to move out of the way who are doing unrighteousness in the city. And that's very clear in places like Proverbs. So uh, there are lots of specific statements within the a book of Proverbs that are really important to us. We base all of this stuff uh, that come... Uh, that that base the rights that we have as citizens in this country uh, based on those rights given to us by God. These human freedoms for entrepreneurialism, for an advancement, for investment. Uh, if you read Proverbs 28 and 29, for instance, over and over and over again, the benefits that come out of a city that's based on people who are believers, who are doing good in the city, make communities flourish. They make them flourish. So in Proverbs 28, for instance, it says, When the righteous triumph, there is great glory, but when the wicked rise, people hide themselves. This is a fantastic statement about the kinds of things that happen when good people do good things and bad people are moved out of the way. That's what this show is all about, actually. One of our great taglines is Titus 3, 1, 8, and 15, do good do good, do good, man. That's what we're about. Yeah, I wish that could go on the license plate. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Well, uh, I know uh, Proverbs is where we basically take Scripture from to, to make this relative, this conversation relative. What other Scripture um, can we identify uh, sure. Yeah. and have it make sense and, and transfer it over to the world we're living in? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I will always tell people everything begins in Genesis. Uh, Genesis is the beginning of all things when we talk about the concepts that are important to us. Everything arises out of Genesis. So Genesis 1 and 2, before sin enters the world, uh, the emphasis is on Adam and Adamah. Adam, obviously, man, and Adamah means ground. And so, literally, we are taken from the ground. And when we are tied directly to the ground, there's a very important idea here. And that idea is that we are invested in the place that we are taken from. Think about that. We are invested from the place we are taken from. That means that we are from the ground and we invest in the ground so that we might ground our grounding for all people in the ground. Our investment comes from the ground. Deep on the I did, man. I dug some ground. <laughs> and your, and your mother's listening. I know she's shaking her head. We love you, Virginia. And uh, we're going to come right back after uh, this short musical break. But we are talking about place. And uh, this is very important because uh, it just even in the environment that you choose to do what yeah. you, know, you do, uh, the place is so important and how the, the environment is when people come inside. You can almost feel good place. So That's right. Uh, we're going to come right back. You're listening to Warp and Wolf Radio. Dr. Mark Echo, Carl H. Michelle. We'll be back. RadioNext.tv because he loved me. That yeah. is Indianapolis' very own Miss Stephanie Turner. Beautiful song. You can go out there and check that out on iTunes, CD Baby. Or just check out Miss Stephanie Turner. Beautiful mm -hmm. song, beautiful music. Mm -hmm. Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell, we are back warping and woofing on the radio this morning. <laughs> uh, Comenius Institute sponsored show. And uh, early when we started the show, we were talking about uh, some of the things that we're needing to continue 
to, to expand community awareness of what communities is doing. Mark, one right. more time, reiterate that fact. Yeah, there, so, you know, the investment that we're talking about here today has to do with place. That is a physical place. But the kinds of work that we do at Comenius have to do with investment in people. That is in the lives of young people where they are going into a public university setting and they need to think differently, Christianly, uh, about the kinds of uh, engagements and the questions, discussions that they're having. And uh, that, that's the kind of work that we're doing. I'll just mention one thing. One of the, the reasons why we're still looking for that last $5,000 to complete our budget for this year is that we want to upgrade our website presence and specifically design the website in a way so that any college student anywhere in the country, around the world, can actually submit questions anonymously and then I can address those kinds of questions so they don't have to feel like, you know, they're standing out there any, in any way. But they get their answers uh, or they get their questions answered on the website. So we're looking for uh, uh, thousands of dollars to actually upgrade the website. That's what we're after. And, and if you don't understand how important it is to, to have an updated website, and I know I'm one to be talking, uh, <laughs> Mr. Internet Radio Social Media Guy with this antiquated uh, car that I have in the race. <laughs> but, we, I mean, we're still getting our messaging across. But the truth of the matter is it's uh, almost like GPS and the things that we take for granted now. Mm -hmm. But I could not imagine being uh, in my car without my phone or in my car with the GPS system giving me the directions to where I need to go. Yeah, I know we used to use a map and pull it out and cover the whole front seat and go from coordinates H to coordinates 1L and be able to find the location. But technology now has made that obsolete pretty much in the way we navigate and how we find where we're going. And unfortunately, unfortunately, we have young people who were born into the age of technology. Sure. And if we want to reach them, we have to provide the tools available uh, the technology offers so we can teach effectively. That's right. Uh, point, plain, blank, and simple, no different than the education system. That's um, right. And we get the traditionalists who, you know, get been out of shape about cursive writing. And <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to say this, old people, it's obsolete. Mm. Don't use it enough to mm-hmm. make it where if you want them to do it, take them to your kitchen table and teach yeah. your grandkids how to write. Yeah. Um, really. And so, but you know, that's, that's about where it. we are. And that's why we need the, the, you know, enhancements to the website so we can mm. really reach these young people effectively, uh, make sure that their questions can be answered rapidly because we can't wait. Exactly again. right. I yeah. mean, the, the sense of time is now that's uh, right. in their life. We can't wait two days. That's right. So yep. contribute. Absolutely. Now, going into the second hour of uh, uh, the second segment of our first hour, Mark, uh, give us some, since we're talking about this, give us some contemporary examples of how place is important to people. Yeah. Uh, I hope I didn't blow the segment. <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all, not at all. So, you know, we see commercials all the time about these kinds of things. One of my favorite commercials about this is uh, a father uh, going around the house locking windows, locking doors, and he he peers in on his uh, little girl who's sleeping, and, um, you know, he says basically, not on my watch. You know, the the kinds of concepts that we are invested in are in people that is the people in our very homes we had, we did uh, a segment here uh, this last august attics uh, the school that opened a city uh, this is an important idea here uh, for not just an understanding of the past but an understanding of the place and actually uh, the place that iupoi is on right now is uh, actually the uh, black community of the 1950s. So when we're talking about places, we have to talk about displacement as much as place sometimes because that really 
uh, speaks to the issues. Uh, but we could go on and, and talk about the Ten Point Coalition. They're doing great work investing in place and people. Peacekeepers doing the same thing, Horatio Luster. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we have your own show. You have a zip code show, actually, on air, right? Oh, yes, I do. Project yes, 46218 in that place, you know, yeah. and, uh, from whence I came, right. as, like I say. And, and hopefully, and I pray, that other organizations and other people who are in their communities can hear this and understand that the place uh, that they want exposed, talked about, and, yeah. and nurtured can be heard here on this platform absolutely well. yeah so you're actually setting the example for everybody else by <laughs> by right. saying hey look i want my place to be noticed and then bring in people from your community you no know, funny thing about a discoverer yeah. <laughs> they, they sure do have a lot of shipwrecks and, and, and uh, bump into uh, things accidentally. You, you know, need a couple lighthouses out there. Lighthouses out there, but no, seriously, man. You know, when you're out there and you're trying to um, uh, encourage yeah. others, absolutely. Uh, the fear of you know going to areas that have not been ventured before right. there, and and the pitfalls are you're gonna run into some stuff sometimes. I, That's right. I truly think that God chooses warriors to go. Mm -hmm. to, to make sure that, you know, if we're going to go establish some new area, make sure it's a warrior because it ain't yep. for the faint of heart. That's Isn't that the truth? Sure. Um, <laughs> so we'll just keep that there. But, you know, we, we talk about uh, place in, in this regard, Mark. And uh, so how can print, uh, Christians practice biblical concepts and, and biblical uh, ways to incorporate place in their in their everyday life. Right. So um, I was in Minneapolis this last week teaching a group of folks up there, and one of the things that I was emphasizing was actually what we do here in Indianapolis. And they were absolutely fascinated by uh, the radio show. They were talking to me about uh, the kinds of connections that I have with people here and so on. And, you know, here I am basically, well, not basically, it was a totally white audience. I'm, I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Well, when I'm there with, with the folks, uh, one of the things that I emphasize to them is outreach uh, to people that aren't like themselves. And so one of the things that we talked about uh, in one of the segments of that particular speech that I was giving was about reaching out to other people. And, and in my case here in Indianapolis, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this. Uh, we've uh, honestly stepped out and tried to do this on a regular basis to have uh, many, many folks from the African-American community involved in our show. Uh, we want to reach out uh, to folks at the Avondale Y, participate in events there. Uh, we want to be around town with our brothers and sisters who don't look like us, and we want to invest in this place, that is, in the city of Indianapolis, and we do that with other people. So we do that with other churches. We're having uh, pastors come in from other churches uh, who are at, from African-American churches. Uh, we are having African-American entrepreneurs. Uh, this past week, we had a couple of veterans in, Clifford and Alfred Weems III in. Uh, it was a great show. We had a great time talking about uh, those kinds of things with them. But always the intentionality behind this and the investment is in the people of our place and for me, uh, it's to actually reach out to, buy, to my black brothers and sisters, and uh, I think that's really a powerful and important idea. You know, and it's a shame that it has to be a conscientious effort. Uh, you know, when mm -hmm. we say this, it's yeah. a shame that it has to be, but the reality is it, it We have is. to say it. We yeah. have to say yeah. it. Uh, it's like the elephant in the room, and a lot of times we don't do it. And, and just to kind of veer off of that one moment, yeah. um, the things that we say. Uh, last Saturday morning, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> incident. 
Uh, we had a concert comedy show at the Marat Theater. Okay. Uh, we had rented out 20 rooms for these acts. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm in charge of transportation, so the next morning, very early, I'm at the Western Hotel downtown picking up the guests leaving so they could go do their next job on yeah, the sure. next night. So uh, made the first two pickups come back at about 6 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. Young African-American man approaches me and asks me, was I... Uh, staying at the hotel. Did I have a room at the hotel? Mm -hmm. And I tell him, no, I don't. His next response was, well, I'm going to have to ask you to leave because we can't have homeless people just loitering oh, in, my word. In, in our lobby. In oh, our lobby. My so word. me as an older African-American male said, this is ignorance, Harold. Don't get upset. Mm. This is ignorance. This is a teaching moment. Mm -hmm. Well, in my teaching moment, he takes offense to me teaching him. Oh, no. And still tells me. So, you know, oh, I normally, normally I try to teach and move on, but this is one of those cases where mm. I had to call the establishment and let mm. them know we've got the tournament down here. For mm. the last 25 years, we've probably contributed over $100,000 in hotel yeah. expenses to your your organization. Um, so we don't want your place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, what I was trying to let them know is this place has always been mm -hmm. a real good place. Sure. Uh, but but that one incident could could make your place oh, my, be yeah. contaminated. So um, when we start talking about place and the residue of the, the spirit in the place, be, right? Beware of that. Yeah, all exactly. The time, true. You know, as as we move forward, we're going to come back and we're going to go into the third segment. We're going to talk about, of course. Some movies <laughs> and some other community-based ideas that you could have on how you can help influence place in your community. You are listening to Warping Wolf Radio on the Cool Groove site at RadioNext.tv. RadioNext.tv on the Cool Groove site. You're listening to Warping Wolf Radio on the Cool Groove site. Dr. Mark Eckert. Harold H. B. Bell, and uh, man, these you know these shows are so enriching because you can yep. come in sometimes with your your, your heart heavy and mm -hmm. that burden and stuff, and then when you come in and understand how great God is, and uh, that's right. all we have to do is kind of you know, as I always say, least ye not faint. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Everything's all right after you get a dose of some of this medicine, mm -hmm. and uh, we're talking about place today. And uh, place is very important. If you want to recap before we go into yeah. this third segment of the first hour, sir. Yeah. And also, hey, we plugging. That's right. We need five grand people. That's right. That's and so uh, Dr. Mark <laughs> Eccles is going to talk about it. Yes, sir. Uh, so I was uh, speaking in Houston uh, about well, last month, actually, about a month ago. And uh, I was speaking at a conference uh, where a whole bunch of academics were there, and we were all presenting our papers and so on. And I was the second-to-last presenter in, in Houston. And so I presented my paper, and I told all kinds of stories about Cominius and Cominius students because part of what I was there to do was to tell those stories. Well, uh, the last presenter of the whole conference, the, the woman who gets up after me, she teaches at Claremont in California. Uh, she, before she starts a presentation, her paper, she looks at me, points at me, and she says, everything you have just heard from Mark is exactly true on the public university campus. Every story I, I told, she said, that stuff happens all the time. So when you're talking about, hey, we really want to invest in a place, we want to invest in people, invest in Cominius because Cominius is actually giving life to students who are in public university, young Christian students who are asking great questions, want to have great discussions, want to have great talks, and those kinds of things are actually happening. And I got a 
a, an attaboy from California <laughs> I was, when I was in Houston presenting this, man. That was really pretty cool. Well, you took a guy back, an attaboy. Man. I'm glad some young people aren't listening to after today. But no, in, in, in all seriousness, that is, that is, you know, what we have to do is understand the element and the environment we're working in in the right. place. And, you know, it's so ironic that we say invest. Yeah. And it's almost an oxymoron in the society that we live in today. Um, because everything now is about speed, efficiency, sure. instant, everything. Right. So how does a Christian view place today when invest means put in, mm-hmm. let it multiply yeah. uh, over and over, and it's a duration and a time period where that does yeah. it on a natural level versus this new speed uh, society yeah. we live in today? Well, let's keep rolling on, on the Cominius issue because, quite frankly, it's the one thing that I hear from students all the time. They will say exactly the same thing to me every single week, either individually or as a group. They will say, we are, first of all, the church, generally speaking, doesn't commit a lot of time to us as young people in college. And it's so impressive to us that, that there's an older guy. Yeah, I'm an older guy. Yeah, I'm, oh, you, I'm, I'm going to hit 6-0 this year, well, man. You know, if you come through the hood and you're OG. <laughs> I'm OG. You're All right, OG, there we go. Yeah. So we, they, they say to me every single week the same thing. They say we're grateful that somebody who's older is taking an interest in us and cares about the kinds of things that we care about, listens to our stories, uh, talks about the things that are important to us. Because when we're talking about investment, we're not just talking about, yeah, of course, we need five grand to meet our budget. Yeah, that's true. But we're also talking about investment in people in a time and place that's immediate. The kinds of folks that are meeting every single week, a couple times a week down at IUPY. But beyond that, this investment uh, for completing our investment in Cominius for this budgetary year is going to give us an opportunity to reach so many more students because we're going to have a platform that allows us to have anonymous questions presented to us. I'll be able to give answers to those questions. Uh, people can find uh, find us any place, anytime, 24 hours a day, and I'll have all kinds of interaction with folks in lots of different places and lots of different venues uh, all around the United States and around the world. So investment in time and place uh, happens in lots of different ways. For us at Cominius, it's very personal. It's relational. We're concerned about helping young Christian students to think Christianly. And so with that being said, how can our Christian community um, help improve relations in, in, in the areas of place? Because I think a lot of times um, when you're out of your place, quote unquote, for instance, I had a conversation and we were talking about uh, going up to the Palladium in Carmel. Okay. And and for years and years and years, it was almost taboo for African Americans mm. once they crossed 96 in Keystone. Mm. This might not be known in you know other communities, specifically the white community, but it was almost taboo mm. uh, or and, and afraid because of the harassment that would take place mm. in that place. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, seriously. So yeah. once you knew you got in that area, you probably drove like you were scared mm. and so you got pulled over mm-hmm. versus the reality of just driving up the road but the, the but the fear of that place sure was there so when we were talking about going to the palladium it was some older guys who still mm. had reflections of sure how they felt in that place that's right so as christians yeah what can we do to help improve community relations in place yeah uh, boy that's just is such an important topic of discussion 
Uh, one of the things that happens, um, and you know, if, if folks, because they can't see us, and if you if you're not familiar with us, uh, just so you know, HB is. African American, Mark is Euro American. Just so are, you know, and we're both good looking brothers now. I'm, I'm gonna just tell you now. You know, I, he's one of the cats uh, I would fear in a good looking competition. It <laughs> uh, was HB going that way. I'm not going to go that way. <laughs> I wanted to say that because the emphasis that I have in my own community, in Euro American communities, is uh, to say to uh, my white brothers and sisters, you know what? We need to step back. We need to take uh, a look at history. We need to understand what where folks have come from, and the kinds of world, the kind of world that we live in today, so that we are more accepting, more res- more responsive, more generous, more caring. Um, the generosity issue is huge, and it needs to go in so many different directions. So for me to hear about passing 96th and Keystone, and this is problematic. Uh, for my brothers and sisters crossing the street. Oh, my word, this is just horrendous to me to hear those kinds oh, of things. Uh, and I'm absolutely serious. And yeah. I mean, and, and kind of ask some questions if you run into some, you know, some brothers, you know, African-American yeah. brothers um, uh, between the ages of probably 50. I mean, mm-hmm. because it's a lot better now. Place has oh, of course. Been, and I must say that to the defense of the great people in that community, place has now uh, been welcoming and receiving yes. of, of the people who come up and, and patron in the Carmel area, but you know, twenty twenty five years ago, this is a, it wasn't this, the same way. Yeah, exactly. Same way. Exactly. Um, as we come to the last segment in this first hour, Mark, and before we welcome our great guests uh, coming in uh, in their mm-hmm. beautiful place, and then we want to invite you to go visit yeah um, the, their establishment. This is a phenomenal. I actually that's went right. online and checked it out after you sent me. Who will be coming in? Mm-hmm. And I'm like so impressed. It I is cool, wait isn't it? Until we go do a live broadcast, <laughs> but. How can uh, Christian view a place um, uh, be relative in the world of movie, yeah. film, documentaries, or whatever? You sure. Know, we always say we always talk about it. What but for the last? So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So one of the fun movies, if you haven't seen this film, uh, it might be kind of fun to check this out. It's PG. Uh, pretty much anybody can watch this movie. The title of it is is We Bought a Zoo. We bought a zoo. So when we're talking about uh, the kinds of ideas here that we're interested in, you know, here's Matt Damon, Scarlett Johansson, and here the the husband and wife, they buy a zoo. And the the kinds of hilarity that takes place in this, the comedy drama that comes out of that, is all based on the the basic concept of place. That is that uh, we really want to invest our time and resources in something that's going to be beneficial for the community, that's going to enlighten going to encourage, going to edify, going to reach out, all of those kinds of things. But there are lots of different films, and I'll just mention a few. One of them uh, is actually uh, a movie called Places in the Heart. Now, Places in the Heart stars Sally Field, Danny Glover, John Malkovich, and this is an older film back from the 1980s, as I recall, a poor family, a poor woman trying to stay on her land. The importance of place for her is huge. I highly recommend, uh, if you haven't seen Places in the Heart, uh, that you go and check that out because uh, you will not be disappointed. It's something that every uh, young person uh, who has not seen some of these movies actually needs to step out and, and see. And and along that line, let me say this, and and this really goes back to the issue of family and, and training up the next generation. One of the uh, movies that I showed my children, my own children when they were teenagers uh, was uh, the issue of Mississippi burning. Uh, 
And I'll never forget this. You know, here's here's my my little girl and my my boy at that time, both teenagers. And I showed this movie. And uh, here's my little girl. She's going to a, both of them going to uh, settings where they have African American, Euro American, Asian American, Hispanic American friends, all different kinds of friends. And when we got done watching the film, Chelsea looks up to me with those 13-year-old eyes, and she says, Daddy, I'm, I'm wondering why this is such a big deal. Why are people still so upset in our culture? She's talking, this is 17 years ago now. She said, how come people are still so upset? And I said, little one, this, uh, people have long memories, and we should never forget the past. And that's the reason why you know, I'm showing you this movie, so that you are understanding of things that have gone on in the past, so that people are, re- are cognizant of not only the places that people have lived, but the places that people live now. And now we get a chance to instruct our little ones and say, you know what? There were times and places that have changed. You just suggested about Carmel has Mm -hmm. changed. But nonetheless, times and places that we should never, ever forget Mm -hmm. because those things were awful and bad, and we never want to relive those things. So you and I, HB, talk about this on the show all the time. We don't want to live there but we don't want to ever forget exactly that's why your car has a rear view mirror (laughs) (laughs) look at you (laughs) you know i'm in dead serious you know you the the big the big window is where you're going but if you don't take a glimpse back that's right come from or what's behind you um then you're you're destined for doom um, because that same thing could be lurking in front of you and uh, that's what we hope to do here at Warp and Wolf Radio is just yeah. enlighten. And as we say, we weave wisdom and knowledge in sure. here, um, civil conversations about real issues. Man, we need to do a whole program on the rear view mirror. You know what? That just is a great metaphor, you seriously. Know, maybe that should be a jumbo love show. Look I at you. We could go all the way. You that's know, right. We could go the all the way in mirror. and, and <laughs> you know, some of the good Christian folks wouldn't be insulted because, you know, I have a little edge to my Christian way. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to take a little musical break, and when we come back, we're going to introduce you to the great proprietors. Uh, give us the name. The Needhammer Company, and that's down on 2102 East Washington Street. Check them out. Great coffee uh, on the floor. And then in late afternoon, you can check out uh, wine and cider over next door right there. And uh, you want to make sure to go through the whole facility because they've got great, great opportunities to have small weddings there. Uh, you can rent out office space there. And then, of course, what I'm really looking forward to is the Moth Ray. Radio Hour in Indianapolis on that third floor auditorium, man. Well, it is You know, cool. and it sounds like I've been looking for a very nice, quaint place for all the, you know, we have 19 shows here at Radio Next yep. TV, all doing topic-specific yep. uh, awareness issues, and I was looking for a very nice, quaint place to mm-hmm. do um, a Radio Next.TV show annual meeting type Ooh. of event where we can get together, know one another, yeah. and uh, and talk about where we're going in 2017. So I'm going to have to talk to Mr. Walsman when he comes yeah. to the house. You are listening to Warp and Wolf Radio on the Cool Group site at Radio Next.TV. Stay tuned. You do not want to miss the second hour of this great show. You're listening to RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. This is Warp and Woof Radio. You hear us every Wednesday morning from 10 till noon. And we have great shows every single week where we are bringing folks in from the Christian community who are practicing Titus Chapter 3, do good, do good, do good. So we are always interested in having all kinds of different folks who are doing those good things around Indianapolis. If you are folks who are listening to us today or hear the podcast later, and you think to yourself, boy, Mark needs to hear about these folks doing these things. 
shoot me a message. Uh, find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, or you can shoot me an email at echo1957 at gmail.com. This morning, we have great guests with us. We've got Rob and Joel Walsman, and they are here from Needhammer Company. And we are going to talk to them uh, this morning about the good things that they're doing in the community. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. We want you guys to tell us about yourselves, your family, the things that are happening in your church, your experiences, and your company. Take off. Well, um, first of all, we have six children, three of them married, 15 grandchildren, and another one on the way. Oh, so, my word. Yeah, wow. it's a big family. <laughs> when wow. we get them all together, it's kind of crazy. That's great. And my wife and I have been married 35 and a half years and. Uh, just a little bit about my background that kind of relates to our topic today. Uh, back when I accepted Christ at Purdue University, I know I just lost half the audience there, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I asked the Lord what he wanted me to do as far as a major was concerned, and he kind of directed me towards something I was already interested in, computers. And uh, then I began thinking about how I could use that to get into a restricted access country. I didn't like missions. But I wanted to go overseas yeah. for the Lord. And at the time, it didn't strike me that that should have been a contradiction. You know, it's the same thing. Sure. And some, I saw it. And I think a lot of times it's viewed as either you do a job mm -hmm. or you're in ministry. Yeah. And uh, as my vision developed and the Lord eventually led us overseas, uh, it was kind of fused together to where mm -hmm. I didn't see any difference between secular and sacred because there isn't Good. secular. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And so he led me to start a business in a restricted country, a mm. creative access country, uh, but not just as a cover, but to do it as, uh, hey, I am going to treat my employees, my vendors, uh, my customers, mm. everybody, my investors, the way Christ would. Excellent. So to be a witness in the marketplace. And part of that also was not to stand on the side of the ditch and tell people how to dig ditches, but mm. to get down in the trenches yes. and say, this is how you dig ditches as a Christian. Right. Exactly. Wow, that's great. And I love the idea, of course, a very biblical idea, gee, imagine that, yeah. that uh, there is no such thing as secular anything. Everything is God's, therefore everything is sacred. And the idea that somehow uh, we're going to divide what we do in life, our vocation, from who we are as Christians, my word. Let's, uh, let's rid ourselves of that idea, yeah. shall we? Let's uh, get right back to the basics here. So, Joel, uh, introduce yourself and uh, your family and tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, my wife Christy and I have been married almost 10 years now. We have six kids, ages six months to eight years old. Uh, we live just uh, a couple doors from the Needhammer mm. and uh, enjoy our, our life in the 46201 zip code. <laughs> I'll pull a per particular thread here that the Lord has been weaving through our life. Um, at about age 16, the traveling team came to Campus Crusade for Christ at Butler University. And the traveling team's mission is to, is to demonstrate God's heart for every nation, mm. tribe, people and language mm. from Genesis to Revelation. Mm. And by golly, they did. It is in every single book of the Bible. God mm. has a passion for every nation, mm -hmm. every tongue, every tribe. And that really stirred up our peer group at that time. My wife was in that group as well um, to, to look to um, every nation, every tribe, every people, every language for opportunity. The Lord ended up leading us to Neighborhood Fellowship uh, a little over 12 years ago, and that has been our home church since. 
um, and uh, it's, uh, we get to live, work, minister, um, all of the above in the neighborhood, um, also where the Needhammer is located. Mm. Uh, let's stay with that thread and pull it some more, shall we? Uh, we talk, uh, well, we don't talk about this. God's Word tells us uh, very clearly that uh, the kingdom of God is where we are. And so uh, one of the things that you and I, uh, you meaning the both of you and I discussed uh, when we were together, when I came to visit you guys at Needhammer, was uh, this concept of the kingdom of God expanding block by block. So one of the things that I was so impressed by when we talked about this was that that was your vision, that you see these things in a visionary sense, that you literally are seeing the church expanded, the kingdom of God expanding block by block. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and maybe give some examples of what that's actually uh, means in your zip code? Yeah, so um, our, our heart, our vision is to be the church, is to, to live the life of Christ outside of the confines of the church building because there's really nothing special about the confines of the church building. Uh, in fact, sometimes it's restrictive if, if it's confining in our mind and in our heart. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to take the gospel, um, we, we kind of have this first place, a very intimate circle of friends and family, a second place where, where we're a host in a broader sense. Um, and maybe that's, um, you know, you include some acquaintances in that circle and it's, it's church and it's very familiar places. And then there's a, a third circle in life where we interact with strangers, complete strangers, and we have that opportunity through the Needhammer to expand that third circle. And because we've created the third circle in our life, in this, in this environment and atmosphere, uh, we have the leadership role. We have we, the tone. We set the example. We define the parameters, and we create the situation. And, and ultimately, that, that um, third circle, that, um, that block that we've created at the Needhammer is um, because we're shaping it, um, we've defined it to be to be salt and light to the glory of God, and that's purpose, and that's um, mm. the purpose of of place and block um, at the Needhammer. Okay, all right. So uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of this book. Maybe it's one of the books that you've really focused on in the past. I don't know. Uh, Ray Oldenbury uh, wrote a book called The Great Good Place, and the subtitle mm. is Cafes coffee shops, bookstores, bars, hair salons, and other hangouts at the heart of a community. Hmm. So the title, again, is The Great Good Place by Ray Oldenbury, 1999. He published that. Now, this is not a Christian book, hmm. but in this book, he talks about this third place. So this third hmm. circle that you're, you're discussing here in terms of inviting in anybody in the community. How has that gone for you at, uh, at Needhammer Coffee in particular? And maybe you want to expand it out to, that, uh, to other things that you do there. But how has the, the community uh, seen that and uh, been interested and, and attracted to the coffee company? Well, I think one of the things that helps <coughs> excuse me, is that our employees and us really generally enjoy interacting with the people that come in. Mm. And I think that people have seen that. It's shown up on the Yelp reviews and various other places. And it's one of my joys is just to get to know people. Mm. We see them over and over, call them by name. And in fact, one gal came in one time, and the second time she came in, I happen to remember her name. <laughs> She's like, wow, this is the second time I've been in here, and you remember my name. <laughs> I think that means a lot to people just to remember their name. Sure. 
But uh, even our baristas and various other people just uh, generally enjoy it, look forward to the regulars that come in and then mm -hmm. the new folks that come in. Sometimes they're just expecting uh, a usual interaction with a vendor and then they start to see a little smile appear on their mm -hmm. face like there's something different here. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to see. We mm -hmm. wanted people to walk away and say, there's something different about this place and I want to go back. Mm. That's wonderful. So atmosphere really makes a difference. Yeah. One of the things that really struck me, too, when I was with you guys and we talked about this um, specifically was your electric company. And I want to kind of put both Needhammer and Jefferson Electric together because what impressed me about our discussion then was something that you said about your employees as it relates to the atmosphere and the job that they do and so on and how uh, there's really this, this brotherliness that takes place within uh, your company. Talk a little bit about that, uh, Jefferson Electric, and how the camaraderie that takes place uh, between uh, folks doing a job matters. Yeah, I'll, I'll um, focus on Jefferson Electric. We've got about 25 men working together, and um, our, our goal is to see men grow in Christ. Um, and if you want to evaluate the impact it's a difficult thing to do because you take one road or you take the other. But conceptually, evaluate the impact of working with brothers side by side in the, the ditches that we talked about already. Side by side, day in and day out. Iron sharpens iron, forbearing with one another in love, building each other up on our most holy faith. If we live the life of Christ on a daily basis, the impact after a career is phenomenal and mm. that's part of our confidence in in Jefferson Electric and the environment that's been created there is that we want that impact we want to be at age 40 we want to be at age 60 and we want to have the good fruit of the impact that we've borne in each other's lives mm. on a daily basis the plowing that's been done in season and the reaping that happens in harvest mm. And if I could tag on there, uh, when I was overseas, I spoke with some seekers who were in a Bible study with some young Christians and some other seekers. And one comment they made to me is they said, it's easy to fake it for a couple hours a week. Mm. But we see these guys when they're not in Bible study mm -hmm. and they're not the same person. Mm. And I think when you're working together, it's hard to fake it. Yeah. You can only fake it for so long. And then the rough edges are going to be seen, and they should be. Sure. Say, we're human. You yeah. know, and when we you know, mess up, we say, okay, I messed up, and we fix it. Uh, but they also see the good stuff. Mm. You know, I had an employee that worked for me, and he came back real frustrated, and, you know, he was really angry. And I was like, what happened? And he said, well, I went to a government administration, and they were asking for that coffee money. And I said, I don't have any coffee money. And they accused me of keeping the coffee money for myself. And he wow. said, I do not want to be accused of being a thief. Oh. And I said, I'm sorry that the policy that we have at the company has caused you this problem. He said, no. He said, I'm proud to be working for this company because we're standing up to this. It's wrong, and we need to stand up for it. And hmm. He wasn't a believer, but he was willing to suffer for the principle. Huh. That's really great. One of the things we talked about in the first hour, uh, and you, you heard some of this, was when we talk about the concepts of investment and place, uh, we're talking about investment in people's lives. And so what we do at Cominius through the lives of young people at, at uh, college 
situations, the answering their questions, having discussions about great ideas, uh, really does matter. And the concepts of being invested in people's lives are huge. So we're grateful to hear those kinds of things. I think that's, a, that's an important idea that we uh, carry forward. I think we're going to be taking a musical break here real quick. And when we do so, we're going to come back and have more discussion, about 20, 25 minutes, with Rob and Joel Walsman from Needhammer Company. And we'll talk more about not only what they do in terms of coffee, but all the kinds of good things that are t- taking place in their institution as well. You are listening to RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. Warp and Woof Radio. We'll be right back. You're listening to RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. This is Warp and Woof Radio. You hear us every Wednesday morning from 10 till noon, and we have a focus on Titus Chapter 3. Do good, do good, do good. We are looking for folks around the Indianapolis area who are doing just that, goodness in the community, linking folks with each other, and uh, actually bringing Christ into the community in a way that brings salt and light there. And today we are privileged to have Rob and Joel Walsman with us from Needhammer uh, Company, and they are in the first segment of our show, uh, talked a little bit about their backgrounds. We want to jump into some other questions here for you guys uh, today uh, to give us uh, just a general sense of what's going on down there. So uh, we would like really to hear a brief history of the building itself. We're talking about investment in a place. So we'd like to hear from you, what is the history of this building and why did you choose it? Why is it so important? Just take off and go with it. Yeah, the Needhammer was built as an Oddfellows Lodge in 1901. A what lodge? Oddfellows Lodge. Oddfellows, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the Oddfellows had a business model where the first floor was retail space, paid the mortgage. Second floor was their office space. Third floor was their meeting hall. So James and Edith Needhammer, second generation German immigrants, occupied the first floor in the early 1900s with a German family pharmacy owned and operated by the Needhammers. So we've taken that namesake to create a little mm. bit of a anchor and foundation to nice. our place. It's only been around in our hands for the last two years. Um, it Building transitioned multiple times, Mark, through a cigar shop, TV repair, mm. dance club, um, and then eventually went into urban blight. Okay. Uh, became storage and uh, then vacancy. In 2013, the roof collapsed, mm. which precipitated the change of ownership um, to Inglewood Community Development Corporation, another place and another anchor. Um, Inglewood did some really heavy lifting on the building. And in the process of uh, solidifying the shell of the structure to prevent it from demolition, the building was hit with a straight line wind. So the three-story tall 1901 building had the entire roof lifted up and thrown two blocks down Washington Oh, Street. my word. The place was devastated. It mm. sat open for almost six months. Oh. Had a couple feet of snow piled on each floor. There was a hole that went through the entire building from basement to the, to the roof. My you could watch word. the clouds blow by. <laughs> oh, It man. was an utter devastation. So Inglewood one more time said, let's give it another shot, and uh, brought life back to the building, stabilizing the majority of the shell of the structure. Uh, my wife and I moved in just a couple doors away in 2009, and the first time we walked into our living room, we looked out of the window and said, oh, that's a great building. We'd love to do something <laughs> with that someday. Those were almost our exact words. And uh, we, we casually pursued it. The opportunity fell through. We casually pursued it one more time, and that opportunity fell through. And then it was brought to our attention 
um, Joe Bowling with Inglewood Community Development Corporation said, are you serious about wanting the building? We said, we're serious. Got no money, got no plan, <laughs> <laughs> but we're serious. So the Lord who makes a way made a way. Mm. And uh, two years later now, it's fully renovated, fully occupied. We have a craft coffee bar on the mm. first floor with hard cider specialty, the only in the state right now. Mm. Second floor, the, the former meeting space for the Odd Fellows has been renovated into a co-work studio. And the third floor is our event space, the Hamilton Theater. Mm. Wow. My word, that whole straight line wind thing. I'm still thinking about that part of this <laughs> and all the snow piled up on all the floors. Holy cow, that's just, that's tough stuff. And then to really have a vision for that, for the building itself. So talk a little bit about, you know, you just said, you casually looked out your window and said, I think we'd like to do something with that. So what does that mean in terms of vision? How do you, how do you come about that kind of thinking? I mean, outside of what we all know to be the Holy Spirit's movement, but uh, but beyond that, the, the issue of vision, talk a little bit about that for the building, for your neighborhood, for the blocks, and the kingdom of God being expanded there. Right. Well, I think one thing that, you know, Christy, Joel's wife, just had a dream, you know, just a desire. And the Lord uses our desires. Sometimes he gives them to us. Sometimes he just sits there. Like Jesus said to the Bartimaeus along the roadside, what do you want? Mm. Tell me what you want. I want my vision. Mm. There you got it. And he just said to Christy, what do you want? So I want that building. Mm. <laughs> and, okay, we'll figure out what to do with it from there. And, mm. and I think that's a part of it. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you a step back and, and talk um, real quick about what kind of enables us to have that, that yeah, vision. Yeah, please do. So, so much family support. My parents, my wife's parents, um, are, are my sister and her brother who are married to each other and live across the street from us. We have so much family and community support, neighborhood fellowship, mm. at every turn, we're never operating solo. And that lends a confidence mm. um, that we have uh, a pool of, of encouragement, relationship, mm. um, skills, talents, energy, efforts. And I think that's a big part of having that vision is having the, mm. the um, community confidence. Um, uh, one of my, my favorite type of project is taking something that's nothing and making it something mm. because you get the full creative potential you're not building on someone else's partially finished work mm. taking the full creative potential of a blank slate um, just like any artist uh, would prefer to start with a, a plain white sheet of paper mm. or canvas and create start to finish so I, I like that to a great extent having um, something that's utterly dilap dilapidated and has um, something for which no one has any expectations. Mm. Sounds vaguely like, you know, Romans fifteen twenty. I don't want to build on anybody else's foundation. You know, I, uh, biblical concepts here, you know. I mean, you know, being Christians and all, we should talk about some of those ideas, shouldn't we? <laughs> when I think about what you just said, though, about you're never alone, you're never in this alone, This is you always have somebody around you, immediately my thought goes to uh, the Apostle Paul, who always went in teams everywhere he went. When you look at the, the backside of Romans, so we call it Romans back porch, you know, Romans 16, where he's listing all these different people who are invested in his life in some way or another. Uh, talk about some of the people. You mentioned Englewood, of course. Uh, I actually gave a shout out to Chris Smith uh, yesterday just to let him know we we're doing this, uh, this particular program. But talk about some of the people that have been invested with you in this process of this building. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, we have got some local residents as well as some not so local residents, but all within the, the structure of Indianapolis that have um, partnered with us as um, asset-based mm. community developer development enablers. And um, I know one of our, I speak for one of our lenders in that he expressed to me, he said, I was always told invest in the big guy, big guy because the big guy can't fail. <laughs> and in 2008, I changed my tune. Mm -hmm. And so he's decided to invest locally to add value mm. to the community through his retirement investments. Mm. And uh, that's been huge for us. He's been a catalyst for us in a couple different ways in bringing other lenders to the table in enabling us um, to, to proceed with our project. Um, so really looking to those, um, those enablers. And we've connected with every one of our mm. um, development enablers relationally. Mm. Um, it's been a personal connection, and uh, that's a great place to start. That's wonderful. One of the things that uh, we've been talking about throughout the program is uh, actually fulfilling the rest of our budget uh, for this particular year for Cominius, which is to uh, establish a connection on our Internet site so that students can type in their questions from any place around the world, and we can interact with and answer those kinds of questions. Uh, this is a very local event that we do, the Cominius Institute in Indianapolis, but it sounds like you're like me, that you look for other opportunities and other people outside the sphere, let's call it, um, of this particular place in Indianapolis. Talk about the kinds of people who live apart from Indianapolis but still want to be a part of this event and this challenge. Why do they choose this kind of thing? Well, I think one of them, who uh, one of the investors, lives in Evansville, and he was brought in by one of the others who said, hey, I want to get involved in this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think it's uh, the vision catching. Okay. You know, a, a vision for revitalizing this area of mm. town, and this fellow who doesn't even live here mm. likes the idea, mm. and he wanted to get on board. Okay, that's great. Yeah, you just need folks that are interested in your vision, yeah. where yeah. you guys want to go with this thing. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. You know, the emphasis that we want to make sure to, to hear about, of course, is not only the history. We've talked about some of that. We've talked about the purpose of the building. And then, of course, we've talked about the place. One of the things that you just brought up um, in your response to uh, one of the questions I asked was this ABCDE issue. Now, for anybody who knows anything at all about what goes on in cities, we talk about asset-based community development. That's A, B, C, D. But when I was with you guys, mm -hmm. sitting around that table that day, you added the E. Asset-based community development enablers. Yeah. Okay, so talk about the enablers aspect of that within the sphere of A, B, C, D, because I don't know that all of our listeners necessarily know what that is. So kind of flesh all of that out for us and add the E. Sure, so we are completely privately funded through friends, acquaintances, and now um, folks who have become friends, mm -hmm. and um, really um, connecting with each one of these uh, lenders on our project, like we said, is, has been a relational venture. Um, Paul says that godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. And when, um, and also, um, it is required in a steward that a man must be found faithful. You know, we've, we've had opportunities in, in small ways with each one of these folks to, uh, to demonstrate a track record, to demonstrate a faithfulness um, and some ability 
in, uh, in business, in taking risks, and um, that relationship has been developed over time. And really, every, every relationship that we have created into a, a lending relationship in this Needhammer project has been um, kind of a little bit caught us by surprise. Mm-hmm. Folks we hadn't solicited for involvement who uh, stepped up to the table and um, every, everyone has a unique motivation. Sometimes it's community development. Sometimes it's, mm-hmm. I think personally for some of our lenders, it's, um, it's a development in, in us. It's an investment in us and who we are and, and what we're um, doing. It's very, uh, it's very personal. Mm-hmm. We've talked about ABCD, and, and I think everybody kind of gets the sense of community development. But what about the asset-based concept here? Mm. What are we interested in when we say asset-based community development? What is an asset, and why is it based anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think an asset uh, could be the building, of course. You know, that's the uh, accounting definition but it can also be what we bring to the table you know what our strengths are Mm. what uh, we have to contribute personally Mm. Uh, the vision that we have as an asset and our ability to carry it out um, Mm. uh, skills we have all those things are part of the assets and I think another asset is just that enabling portion those folks coming alongside Mm. of us and providing the encouragement if nothing else by the fact that they believe in us Mm. and they believe in the vision Mm. it sounds very christian honestly uh you know well surprising (laughs) how about that yeah how about that (laughs) Uh, (laughs) this is a christian program after all Uh, for those of you who are questioning out there This is, a, this is a really important idea, and, and let me come back to the asset-based concept again, because I want to make sure that everybody hearing us is very clear about this. Most often when we talk about asset-based community development, people talk about things. They talk yeah. about the physicality of a place. They talk about a building, and we've talked about the building, which is very important, obviously. We've talked about your neighborhood. We've talked about the block. We've talked about East Washington. We've talked about coffee and cider. I mean, these are all physical things. But when we as Christians are talking about assets, we're talking about a sixth sense, not just the five senses, but the sixth sense. That is that the Spirit of God is invested in the lives of individuals for whatever purpose or reason that he does that for them, uh, nonetheless, it's an important idea that uh, we need to get across to folks. So when you have these kinds of conversations with people uh, about Needhammer just generally or about their interest in it, does does the Holy Spirit ever come up in those conversations? I'll let you answer that. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I think even the fact that we've had conversations with people we never thought we'd be talking with um, Lenders, for instance, people you know who just blindsided us in their involvement. I think that's an evidence of the Holy Spirit involvement. And uh, I'll talk specifically about one of the assets and, and how it kind of played into this entire process. Um, uh, elders in our church, um, Jim and Debbie Streetelmeyer, they really invested along with many others in the lives of Juan and Carla. And Juan and Carla um, came to Christ and are committed members of our church. Um, they're a husband-wife team that do... Um, uh, handyman services, carpentry, and have partnered with us on multiple smaller projects. Um, Juan and Carla were partnering with us on the Needhammer project and uh, were evidence of an asset. Every place, every area has, has assets. And a lot of times um, people who wish to do well will go into that area and will give daily needs. They'll, they'll address daily needs, which is a good thing, 
Um, but at some point we need to get to looking at the strengths of a community because mm. every place has strengths. Mm. Everybody has skills, whatever they may be. And Juan and Carla are a great example of having skills, having strengths, having abilities and needing some enablement. They need a project to work on. They need a, um, uh, some help with tools. They need, you know, but when you facilitate that, they build houses. Mm. And so Juan and Carla have built houses with us they were building the Needhammer with us, and um, one of their supporters in, a, in a, a business sense, you know, someone who's a regular customer for them said, you know, I, I see the, what's happened. I've seen an asset be struggling, and I've seen it become um, stable. I've seen it grow. I've seen it mature. I've seen it um, come to Christ, and there's a, a fruit. Fru you, you can't um, talk as cheap. <laughs> but fruit is real. Mm. And so when you eat good fruit, it's, it's sweet. It's very sweet. It's tangible evidence. And um, that is a Holy Spirit work. Mm. Uh, if you abide in me and my word abides in mm. you, uh, that's a Holy Spirit work. Um, and we shall bring forth much fruit. Mm. Um, so I think having those, uh, and that, that was the, the source, the channel for one of our lenders Alan to, to get on board with us, um, mm. having been part of the past fruit, having been part of the Holy Spirit um, creation, and then continuing that process into this project. Mm. It reminds me really of, of John chapter 3. I, I get all of my pneumatology uh, about the Holy Spirit, you know, doctrine of the Holy Spirit, out of John 3. Uh, I agree with Jesus that who knows where the spirit blows, you know, like the wind. <laughs> I'm, I'm always amazed at what happens. And, uh, you know, oftentimes it's me needing to get out of the way so that the spirit can blow, you know, how that goes. But uh, it's really fun to hear about the kinds of things that have happened in your lives and the evidence of fruit uh, of things that are uh, that's unseen. It's not tangible. And I think that's really powerful for people to hear that. We, we, in America, we live in an individualistic, uh, consumeristic, materialistic culture where we live, literally live by our five senses but need to think differently about the sixth sense, as it were. Uh, with apologies, Demnite Shalomon, is he listening out there for his movie, The Sixth Sense? Well, let's get back to the issue of mission and tell us a little bit about your mission uh, generally, but specifically as a Christian on Indianapolis's east side, and maybe we can expand this discussion out now from from Needhammer to um, what do you see in the future beyond that building, beyond that block? Uh, talk a little bit about maybe some of the hopes and dreams you've seen already. Well, like I said, we like taking blank slates, so um, the more you know, something that has that has uh, a bones. Um, I st we, we really like, um, I think for me personally, I, I like the artistic component of going from, from zero to 60. I like blank slates and we like uh, rough bones. So if, if we can get our hands on some more of those, we'll do, the, do that. But ultimately, you, you mentioned uh, the mission. I'll jump kind of midstream into my conversation with God regarding mission. <laughs> and it was about three months ago. Uh, the Lord convicted me on a Friday night. He said, Joel, you're proud, you're self-centered, and you're thinking about you. Mm. And you're thinking about your pocketbook, and you're thinking about your name. And by golly, you are off track. And I heard him clearly and was repentant. It was a sweet time with the Lord that night. And the next night, I thought that was the end of the matter. I thought, you know, I've been corrected. I'm, I'm good to go. 
But the next night he said, but Joel, you know what it's not about. You know what this project, you know what this venture, you know what um, A, B, C, D, E is not about. It's not about you and it's not about your name and it's not about your profit. It is about me because at the end of time, every tongue will confess glory and honor and majesty and power be to the lamb who is slain who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever that's what this is about he spoke clearly and hopefully we'll hold on to that that vision and that mission as we're serving coffee um, and and co-working and um, planning events hold on to that mission that's the ultimate vision and that plays out in very many um, practical ways, but the, the heart of the mission needs to be kept intact. Okay. All right. Uh, one of the uh, other uh, missions, actually, on your street uh, is uh, City Life Wheels. I don't know. We, I think I mentioned this group to you guys. Just down the street from you, uh, Nate Hershey uh, and the Christian organization here in town is helping uh, young guys, uh, helping them to learn how to take care of cars. Uh, so, you know, we see these kinds of things happening on the Near East side that, that are really very powerful and good. Uh, certainly Englewood uh, Christian Church has been invested in this uh, for some time, obviously. Uh, but this is the kind of thing when we talk about the, the renovation of a place, the restoration, the redemption of an area. This is literally what we're talking about is happening in your neighborhood, on your block, is the redemptive nature of the gospel of Jesus being invested in a physical locale and the change that takes place because of that. So uh, one of the things that was true when I went to your building uh, was just, was it, is it two doors down from the coffee shop is where Jefferson Electric is. So you guys pretty much just walk down the street, you know, 10 or 20 steps and you're already at, at the coffee shop. But you also uh, use the parking lot across the street and I noticed that there's a building over there, and there's obviously a business over there. Do you have any kind of interconnection with other businesses right around you? And what is happening uh, in those relationships that you might be able to tell us about? I think it's simple kindness. Uh, we're, we're allowed to use that parking lot free of charge, and it's uh, another one of those enablers. Parking is very valuable, and yeah. it is a tremendous blessing. Mm. Um, I, we've exchanged uh, an extension extended offer for using their conference facilities for, for meetings um, to allow them to have access to what they don't have as they allow ac us access to what we don't have. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a simple, mutually beneficial exchange. Oh, that's a good thing. And so it's just literally kindness. Huh? That's, that's it's literally kindness. All yeah. it is, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really fascinating to me uh, to hear that because it's, first of all, something you don't hear a lot. Yeah. Just be kind to people. How about that? You know, would, would that be a, a generosity uh, boost to most everybody around us? Uh, but the idea really uh, comes out of uh, a Christian view of life and things that we need to continue to generate uh, with other people. And certainly perhaps something that those who might be listening to us live or via the podcast can begin to think, hey, what's this look like in my neighborhood? Uh, how can I begin to uh, do these kinds of things for folks uh, all around us? Speaking of kindness, one of the things that um, I think, Rob, you mentioned just a moment ago had to do with these Yelp evaluations that you were getting. Uh, tell us about uh, the issue of kindness as it relates to the attractiveness when somebody uh, sees a Yelp 
evaluation. Maybe tell people what Yelp is because maybe some don't even know. <laughs> well, Yelp is a, a website, web resource for evaluating businesses, uh, giving feedback, kind of like Angie's List is for businesses, but free. <laughs> And uh, in particular, they have some Yelpers that uh, go around reviewing businesses and such. But uh, one of the things that's been a real blessing for us, one visitor in particular came in and said that uh, he'd had a rough week and somehow felt uplifted, hmm. you know, just by his visit, seeing not only the friendliness of our baristas, but also mm. just the general atmosphere and mm -hmm. some of the other folks just sitting and enjoying whether working or whatever. Yeah. And uh, somehow he walked out of there lifted up. And I tell you, that really touched my heart. Mm. And it's kind of like, yeah, that's part of what we want to do. We want to take the blessing of Abraham that God said he was going to spread to all the world and to share with people, even if just a little bit, hopefully to make them hungry for mm. more. Mm. That's a wonderful testimony. Uh, it, it makes me think of, uh, once again, the spirit of a place. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. The idea of the spirit of a place that people can feel. Yeah. How, does, how does that come about? I mean, what, what are we talking about here? This, is, this sounds really rather odd to be talking about <laughs> uh, the spirit of a place literally coming on somebody and making a difference in their daily life. How does that, how do you guys view that kind of thing? And, and have you seen it elsewhere? Yeah, you know, when you talk about the word atmosphere and you have to, we, we throw that term around and we like comfortable atmospheres, mm. calm atmospheres, but it's more than the aesthetic of a place. It's more than the volume of the music. Mm. It's the atmosphere, it's the spirit of a place. And the old saying is true, birds of a feather flock together. You know, we've set a particular tone and we encounter so many people who are attracted to that tone, but also people who can um, be extensions of that tone, mm -hmm. of that atmosphere. You know, that regularly we see Bible studies and we see prayer groups and we see outreach ministries in our space. And um, we want to be place makers and catalysts, but we don't want to be standing alone in creating this space, mm -hmm. in creating this atmosphere. So Outreach Inc., Food for Souls, um, um, Shepherd Community, you know, we see so many folks in there who are extensions of um, what ultimately was the, the making of this place, mm -hmm. and, and it's the life of Jesus Christ. It's mm -hmm. the glory of God in the lives of men. And I think when, when people walk in and they talk about, I love the atmosphere, they don't just mean the exposed brick. Mm -hmm. right? It's so much more than that, and it's the spirit of the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that is attributed to our employees, you know, mm -hmm. that they very much catch the vision that we're mm -hmm. here for the glory of God. As Paul said, mm -hmm. whatsoever you do, do it as unto the Lord mm -hmm. rather than men. If you're doing it to the Lord, then you're going to bless men. Mm -hmm. And I think the other aspect of that, I think the Holy Spirit is there. Mm -hmm. You know, is his, his mm -hmm. vision or catching along with mm -hmm. Christie's vision, whichever went first. Yeah. And him being there and saying, I'm going to reach out through you guys, it's not just you. Mm -hmm. And that, that reminds us, of course, of John 16, where yeah. uh, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is in the world, convicting men of sin, but that, that conviction comes through the tone of a place. Uh, good word that you've used there, Joel, that the concept of a tone, setting that for people, uh, that they realize that there's something different here. Uh, you guys are probably well familiar with Celtic 
Christian concepts here, but in that sense of things, it reminds me of thin places mm. where uh, the supernatural and natural worlds, uh, as far as Celtic Christians are concerned, there are places in the world where those two things are very, very near each other, so near that there's a crossover of supernatural to natural uh, connections, uh, beings and spirit world uh, both included. Again, that sounds very unnatural for us as naturalistic, materialistic Americans generally to think those thoughts. But nonetheless, it's true. It's something that Scripture is very clear about, the spirit of a place. And it sounds like you've really set the tone for that at Needhammer uh, downtown on East Washington. Let's, uh, just before we uh, leave here, we just got a couple minutes left. Um, thoughts from you guys, uh, last words, things you want to leave with the audience here uh, this morning before you take off. Come and visit. Join us in the vision. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, are you, you looking forward to the future, Joel, with uh, all of the possibilities of uh, folks that are coming in? Maybe you could tell us about some events that's, that are coming up recently. Absolutely. Um, so we're really excited. We've transitioned from the development phase, the construction phase, the, the really dirty phase into um, but one we don't have to wear our, our paint jeans with the holes <laughs> in the knees. So um, we've got the, the Verge Pitch Night tomorrow we have um, a concert friday night we've got uh, several upcoming weddings um, we've got a jazz evening you can look on a uh, needhammer.com find a source uh, as a resource for upcoming events um, we're excited to have you join us and we're excited to be uh, in the process of developing our team developing our venue um, and kind of developing that that place it's uh it's defined now but um Defined doesn't mean mature. Mm. So we, we look forward to see that mature over the next mm. 15 to 20 50, lifetimes. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> great. 15 yep. to 20 lifetimes until Jesus comes back. That's right. There it is. So uh, just in case you're not sure, some of you are out there trying to type in Needhammer. Uh, you spell it N-E-I-D, hammer, N-E-I-D, hammer.com. Uh, go visit the website. Check out all of the wonderful things that are there. Uh, make sure if you get a chance to chat with Joel or Rob, if they're on site down there, meet their baristas, uh, check out some of those uh, places that are there. Uh, make sure that you connect with your place uh, and establish, begin to think about uh, in your own places to establish the tone, the ethos, the thing that people know is there but they can't touch it, but they still know it's there. It's making a powerful impact in the life of the place that you live. You are listening to Warp and Woof Radio. We come to you every Wednesday morning from 10 till noon. We're excited every week to have new guests. Next week, we are going to have a roundtable discussion for two whole hours with church planters in Indianapolis. We'll be talking with them, various church planting uh, sites around the Indianapolis area. That will be next Wednesday. You're listening to RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We will see you next week. Next week.